feel it. You wouldn't experience it. You wouldn't taste it because Jesus already tasted it. it when, if you die physically, you won't die. You will exit your body and be present with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. To be absent from the body, the Bible says, is to be present with the Lord for the believer because we've already, he died for me. So I have the life of God and I will not die. I may exit my body after I've lived a long, satisfying life. (laughs) But when I do, should the Lord tarry, I will be present with the Lord. Amen. So Jesus tasted death for every man. He tasted death for every man. Verse 14. I want to show you that's the first reason that Jesus had to have a body. Verse 14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy. The word destroy means to render inoperative. That he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Render inoperative. He did it. He's not waiting to do it. He came as a man and defeated death, hell, and the grave. Jesus defeated the one who had, past tense, had the power of death, that is the devil, and delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hallelujah. So being afraid of death is bondage. And Jesus delivered us from that bondage. Jesus delivered us from the fear of dying by giving us eternal life. Hallelujah. Verse 17, wherefore in all things it behooved him or it it was it was uh been it was good to him. It was pleasing to him to be made like unto his brethren. He embraced being our brother. He embraced coming as a man so that he could redeem us. He said, yes, yes, I'll go. Sacrifice and and offering you don't want. Send me, lo, in the volume of the book, I come. It behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people for in that he himself has suffered being tempted he is able to help or to um, uh, minister to or to um, succor is another word we never use y'all we got we got words in the King James we never use succor uh, to to uh, to Give me amplified. Amplified is my friend sometimes, most of the time. Let's see if it's going to help me here with this word. Oh, yes. 
Yes, he is able immediately to run to the cry of, assist and relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried. Why? Because he's been in this flesh that we're walking in. He's been tempted in every way we've been tempted in. He knows what it feels like to be under the pressure or that mental attack. He knows what it feels like, and he has conquered it. And he can help us conquer it. He is able to come to our assistance to relieve us. Hallelujah. But he had to come as a man so that he could taste death, and he had to come as a man so that he could destroy him that had the power of death and deliver us from the fear of death. And he had to come as a man to be our merciful and faithful high priest. 100% the son of God and 100% the son of man. Just like you and I, we are 100% human beings, but we're 100% children of God. Hallelujah. God created us in his image, but in his image includes having spiritual life. Everybody on the planet is not a child of God. Everybody on the planet is created by God. God is their creator. But the Bible says in John chapter 1 that for us to be a child of God, we have to believe in Jesus. Look at John 1. Go back and look at it. I want you to put your eyes on it so you see. Verse 12. As many as received him, Jesus, as many as received him, to them gave he authority. It says the word power in the King James. In the original language, it means the authority the right or the privilege to become the sons of God. So believing on Jesus gives us the authority to become the sons of God. So not everybody on the planet is a, son, is a child of God. Created by God, yes. But to become a son of God, you must be born again. To become a son of God, we must be born again. Why? Because the spiritual death was the real problem. And when we receive the spiritual life, everything changes. We can read the word and understand it. Let me tell you, when I was trying to find my way to God, I went to the thrift store and bought a Bible for a quarter. My first husband had died of a drug overdose the day after we were sentenced for the armed robberies that he had committed. I was in the car. I had been charged with the attempted armed robberies. We went to court that day. They charged him, gave him a sentencing and said, because you're out on bond, you can turn yourself back in on such and such date. And, uh, and they released him and he died of a drug overdose the next morning. And my life went in, that was already out of control, went even more out of control. And I was trying to get myself, I overdosed on cocaine in the back of a bar in the projects of East Nashville in Tennessee. And when I came back 
to my body. I fought the man off who was doing CPR on me, and I was so afraid of what I had seen when I died that I ran for like two blocks in the rain through the projects with blood dripping down my arm from that overdose because I had stood in front of a skull and hands started reaching for me to try to pull me into hell and I ran back to my body and I went to church and the church didn't know what to do with me. They thought, oh my gosh, this girl is a mess. And they told somebody, she's got some real demon problems. And they said, and what did you do with her? And they said, well, we just prayed for her and sent her on her way. <laughs> and that's what they did. They kind of just, you know, prayed for me and sent me on my way. And so I'm trying to get myself cleaned up. And I get this Bible for a quarter and I go get on methadone to try to get me off the Dilaudid that I had been shooting. And methadone, I got on the highest dose of methadone. I had to drive from Nashville to Chattanooga every day for like three weeks to get this methadone. And so there was a whole group of us junkies who were getting in the car and driving. It was like three hours each way to go from Nashville to Chattanooga and back just because they gave you more in Chattanooga than you could get in Nashville. And so I'm trying to get off drugs, and I am so messed up on this methadone. I totaled, totaled, I totaled three cars. I drove my car into somebody's front porch and got out and walked away. And I don't know where I, where I left it. They, people told me they saw my car in somebody's front porch, but I don't remember it. I was so messed up trying to get myself cleaned up to come to God. I thought if I get myself cleaned up, I can come to God. And I was trying to get myself cleaned up and, and, and nearly died. Again, the condition that I was in, I didn't understand anything about the Bible. And I would try to read the Bible, and of course I was so messed up I'd nod out and fall asleep trying to read the Bible. But it didn't make any sense to me. But the people who had prayed with my first husband before he died, they had, he had went to church with his grandmother the Sunday before we went to court for the armed robberies. They found out where I was, and they came to pray with me, and they ended up taking me to a church that was in revival. And I went to this church and slept through the whole first service, and they took me into the choir room after service, and they were going to try to to pray for me, and according to them, I don't remember it, but according to all of the witnesses, I cussed the preacher's wife out. And so they took me home and prayed over me all night long. <laughs> they put me on their couch, and they, they anointed my, I didn't know anything about it. You know, they're up anointing my pillow with oil and praying over me, and I'm just out. And they brought me back the next night, and I was asleep in the pew, nodding out, I mean, sitting straight up, but sound asleep. And the preacher came back and shook my shoulder and said, girl, do you want help? And for one moment, I stood up and I said, yes, sir, I want help. And when I got up off the floor, I was a little bit upset because I think, did he knock me down? I think he knocked me down. What am I doing on the floor? It was the power of God. 
And before I could get angry, I realized I was sober and in my right mind. It was the first time I had been sober in thought, not just sober from the drugs, but sober in the way I could think. And it was like everything was different. In that moment, I realized a liberty, a freedom, a life that I, I did not know. And, and I, I received Jesus as my Lord. When I went back to read that Bible, do you know what? I could understand it in a way that I couldn't understand it before. It became alive to me. I began to read things and say, ooh, that helps me. I get that. That speaks to me. I remember going to church. I knew nothing about God. I knew nothing about God. I would come to church and they would say like Christian things that sometimes we get used to saying and we don't realize that sounds really weird to people, right? It sounds quirky. Like they would say, well, you know, I was praying the other day and the Lord said to me and I would be like, what? The Lord spoke to you? Okay. 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 <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the more they would say it, and there were things that, that you know, played out, like the Lord would, would, would give them insight to situations, and it helped their situation, and it fixed their situation. And, and, and I thought, how do you do that? I want to know how to do that. How do you hear from God? Tell me how you hear from God. And I went through asking everybody in the church, how do you hear from God? And, you know, most of the people couldn't tell me. Well, you just listen. You just listen, honey. Honey, just, 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 you listen. Just after you get done praying, just listen. And so I would, I would go in there, and I, I didn't know how to pray either. You know, I'm trying to learn how to pray. I'm like, okay, uh, God, help me get my kids back. Lord, uh, help me get my driver's license. Lord, help me get a car that's not stolen. Lord, help me. Uh, help me get, you know, I'm like going through all these things I need God to help me with. And then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> the crickets. I'm, I'm not hearing anything but crickets, you know. I, I, I'm not hearing the Lord. And I finally found someone. It was my pastor's wife, my mother-in-law. She today, the one I cussed out, she's my mother-in-law today. <laughs> Pastor Steele's mama. <laughs> yeah. I went to her and I said, everybody keeps talking about how they hear from God. I need to know how to hear from God. And she said, if you'll learn to hear from him here, you'll recognize him when he speaks to you in your heart. He's speaking to you right here. Learn to hear him here. That helped me so much. Like, thank you. Thank you. And so I started opening it up. So I'll tell you, I was, th this happened, this was like the first time, and, and it wasn't something that happened uh, ever again in that same way. Let me find it for you. Glory to God. So, okay, it was really a wild life I had before Christ. The family who, after I got saved, the family that I had come out of, they were a wild bunch. 
And I had given them custody of my children because of my drug addiction. I thought I would be the next one to die. So they had already been raising my children. So I had signed over custody. And now I'm trying to get custody back because I'm saved and I'm living for God and I want to be the mother that, uh, that you know, I could be to them. And I'm trying to go get custody and um, they are feuding and fighting and telling me I'm not going to get custody. And one day they got so mad. They told my children, we're going to shoot your mama. And she was a pretty good shot. I'd been, I mean, she, she wasn't playing. She owned a pistol and she was good with her pistol. And I thought, oh. <laughs> and so they called and they threatened they, did, I, they, were, they were just threatening because, come to find out, they didn't really know where I was staying. The, the family who had taken me in, they didn't quite know where they lived, but they threatened, we're going to come and kill you tonight. We're going to come and kill you. And they were accusing me of doing something I hadn't done. Uh, someone had broken in and taken the ashes of my first husband, and they thought it was me. And so they were, it was her ex-husband, actually, and they thought it was me. And so there, it was chaos. It was chaos. And so they're threatening to come kill me. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I've been my, I was in church tonight. And they're like, you're a lion. We're going to kill you. And so I'm up sitting there, you know, every time a car would pass by, I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, and I'm praying, Lord. And I, this is the first time God had ever spoken to me this way. I just opened up my Bible like, okay, she told me to let you speak to me through the word. I opened up my Bible and it fell open. If I'm honest, it fell open to Isaiah 51 and my eyes landed. It's just like this verse just stood up on the page like it was, it was higher above all the other verses on the page. And I looked down and it said, I, even I, am he that comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man that shall die and of the son of man which shall be made as grass? Well, thank you, Lord. And I laid my head down on the pillow and went to sleep. He spoke to me through his word. Why? I was alive unto God. Now, I don't just flop my Bible open and say, okay, Lord, <laughs> anymore. I, I learned to study it. But at that moment, that was how, what I needed. And God ministered to me. I am the one who comforts you. Who are you to be afraid of some other person when you have me on your side. And it brought me such peace. Spiritually alive. Father, thank you for how you have saved us. <laughs> thank you for how you've saved us, Lord. Can you look at where he's brought you from? And you say, thank you, Lord. I am so far from where I was. I am so far from where I was. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord, the most important decision that you'll ever make is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Would you just bow your head with me right now? Just say this out of your heart. Father, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross, the death I deserve. You raised him from the dead. And when you did, you made life available for me. I accept Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. All that he has done, I put my faith in it. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. At the cross, my debt was paid. All my sins were washed away just for me. Amazing grace at the cross, at the cross, my Savior died, shed his blood, was crucified just for me. He gave his life at the cross. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Stand with me to your feet. Did you receive tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.